Welcome to The Greg Bennett Show. I'm your host, Greg Bennett, and this was an inspiring episode with Radka Kalafelt. Honestly, the takeaways of how she operates and the time management that she has to raise her two children, be a world-class uh, triathlete, and also help in running her business, the Wagga Swim School with her husband, Brad Kalafelt. It's amazing how these two are able to make it happen. Um, one of my favorite stories in this episode, you have to listen to it, is when Radka came back 11 weeks after giving birth to her first child and wins the Ironman 70.3 in the Philippines. She actually traveled with her daughter on her own to do this event. Mind-boggling. Um, anyway, some great stories in this one. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. And remember... Success comes to those who endure just one moment longer. All right, today's guest is an Ironman 70.3 legend, Olympian, and super mum of two. She's represented the Czech Republic at the 2012 Olympics, then transitioned to middle distance and Ironman 70.3 events and absolutely crushed them. She's won almost 50% of the middle distance events she started, and she started well over 50 of them. So her domination after giving birth to her daughter was incredible in 2018 and 2019 seasons. You've got to go look that up. I, I spent the morning looking at that and just going, wow. Um, but she hasn't stopped there. She's clinched her spot to the Hawaii Ironman World Championships off the back of not one, but two second place finishes six weeks apart in Ironman Australia and Ironman Cairns. She's the epitome of grit and excellence in the world of triathlon, and she's doing it all while raising a family and running a business. Add to that, she's one half of the triathlon super couple and married to Aussie Olympian, Brad Carlefelt. So without further ado, welcome and thanks for joining me on The Greg Bennett Show, Radka Carlefelt. How are you, Rads? I'm good. Thank you, Greg. Thanks for the great intro. I, I'm happy that you don't see me because I'm completely red and shy now from, from the intro. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just saying you before we, I hit record, I, you know, I like to do a, bit, a fair bit of homework on each of my guests and, and I was like, I knew you'd done some great things. I was like, wow, you've really crushed it. I really crushed it. Um, so kudos to you and massive congrats. Um, but listen, it's 9 p.m. there. Um, I don't know how you're still talking um, to me <laughs> at 9 p.m. between training for the Ironman, Kona World Championships, raising kids, running a business. How are you still going? <laughs> so I, I made an exemption for you to talk to you, Greg, because um, it's it's great to be invited to be on your show. Normally by 9 p.m. I'm just sitting on the couch completely dead next to Brad and just just breathing because the girls go to sleep at 8 <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even talk to anyone. I, I don't even talk to my mum <laughs> because oh, I'm wow. tired <laughs> most of the days. <laughs> oh, I, honestly, like what did you get up to today? You know, it's uh, you. It's 9 p.m. Like you said, you're normally not talking. I, I know that kind of feeling. You're absolutely spent. <laughs> There's no noise. The kids are quiet. But what, what did you yeah. get up to today? So Thursdays are probably my favorite days because – um, I have a run group at 6 a.m. So mm. it's, I don't even count that as training. It's, you can switch off your brain and you still do a really good fart leg session. Um, mm. The group training helps so much and I don't get to do many 
group trainings. Most of the training I do is on my own. So this Thursday is like a treat. And um, so that's the first thing. I actually fight with Brad who gets the who gets to go um, for this uh, run. But now before Hawaii, I have the priority. <laughs> After Hawaii, it's all his. <laughs> but yeah, so that's first. And then I had to go home. Brad went straight out of the door for his run. We always do tag, tag team. Mm. Uh, I got the girls ready, Ruby for school, Indy for daycare. Went straight to dentist because I'm <laughs> just making sure my teeth are in, in check as well. <laughs> straight to dentist. From dentist, I went for a massage. That's why I love Thursdays because I have time for a massage. Then um, did a quick Father's Day shopping for Brad. It's this weekend coming up. Oh, yeah. um, then gym and then I did sauna for the first time because um, we decided the Woga Woga mm. winter is not really ideal for um, Kona prep so we just started with sauna as of today loved mm-hmm. it um, and then home and went to work a little bit um as you know, we have uh, Woga Swim Hub. We own a business mm-hmm. swim school of, yeah, one of the biggest in Riverina here. Um, we love it. I, I don't really have to work, but I'm there most of the days just supervising and making sure everything is running well. Um, we're coming into a busy period because the summer is starting and all the mm-hmm. parents are panicking and realizing their kids needs to need to learn <laughs> to swim <laughs> before summer. So, yeah, it's pretty busy. and then. Um, home, get the kids to sleep, and yeah, now they are sleeping for an hour already. Oh wow! <laughs> you th- this this episode, we should. It, it's just all about time management. I feel it, it's like anybody that wants to learn how to squeeze the most out of every minute, minute, every moment of every day. I feel like this episode <laughs> is about <laughs> that because honestly, the fact that you're able not only doing those things, you're doing them with such intent that you're squeezing the most out of all of your workouts because it's we can see by your performances like you're not just going for a run you're not just going for a swim or a bike you the intensity in which you're bringing is just so amazing because there's no way you can be doing 40 hour weeks of training and raising the family and working so the the time that you do have you're really making the most of yeah um are you reading my notes here? <laughs> you, you sent me like a few questions and all I had time to prepare is to write time management, <laughs> planning, efficiency. And you just like read it out. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, I think, I think it's one of those things. Um, like that's why I, I even wanted to start the show by just recapping what you did today because anybody listening, if they've done one or two of those things, they've done a pretty good day. You know, and you've got, you've just rattled off seven or eight things, um, plus, you know, your relationship with Brad and, uh, and putting the kids as a priority. It, it, it really is amazing. And I'm just so grateful to have you on. Um, I do want to let you know that it's 7am here. If, if I get an interruption, my kids are all just outside the door here getting ready for school. So I apologize if we hear a little interruption or dad want to run in and give me a hug or something. I'm just getting your heads up. Um, <laughs> but I have been excited to get you on the show. I had Brad on the show back in April of this year. And 
you know, we, we spoke about, okay, well, when, when can I have rads on? I didn't want you on right away, but, um, now that you've qualified for Kona, um, you know, you, you've back to back Ironmans, really incredible start to the year. How are you feeling about this transitioning over this last 18 months to, to Ironman from the 70.3? It's, it's been a interesting journey, I would say. Um, yeah. I always thought, I'm, I'm super happy with my 70.3 distance. I love mm. it. Um, it's not destroying my body. I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I can race a lot. And this is why, why I started with triathlon. And I just love racing. So I could race every weekend if I wanted to. Mm. Um, and so it was kind of Brad who convinced me. He said, you cannot like finish until you try or, or like you have to try the Ironman at least once. Mm-hmm. So I was always, I always had excuses. So I was like, well, I, first I need to have children. Because what if I, I just always thought you'll destroy your body and you can't have kids maybe or something. So I was like, well, I want to have kids first. Go so on. then I had, yeah, Ruby. And then Brad is like, okay, let's do Ironman then. <laughs> and um, I just basically thought I'll do it. So he's, He's quiet. <laughs> and and then after the first one, which which I did in Cairns last year, I just loved it. I've, I mean, it was painful, of course, but I finished and I was like, I love it. And I'm, I'm going to Kona. I was like, I love it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Brad keeps saying like, oh, I thought you just wanted to try one. And now you're like addicted to it. I'm like, I guess so. <laughs> it's, it's something, something special, and I guess you feel so I don't know relieved and happy when you manage to do a good one. Mm, mm. Like, but it's it's tough because if you don't manage to good, do a good one and you have a bad day, then all the hours and commitment—not just yours, but the family—yeah, it feels mentally mentally hard. Yeah, you're putting more pressure on yourself there. You've yeah. done you've done four of them. How many have you done now? You done Iron Man Cairns, Iron Man yes. Western Australia. And okay. then Cairns again and Armport. Yeah. Yeah, okay. But I started and had- five. So my first one was yeah. just before the pandemic hit. Um two thousand ah, twenty twenty in ah, yes. California, yes. New Zealand. Mm. And we just talked about how kids bring all the diseases home. So <laughs> One, not even a week, few days before, yeah, my attempted first Ironman, um, daycare called us that Ruby's sick, so I picked her up, gave her cuddles. She was good the next day, and I caught hand, foot, and mouth from her when oh, we arrived in New Zealand. It was horrible. Um, <sighs> and I didn't know how bad this disease can be, so I still started the race. And it was like my – this. My feet were so sore from those blisters that I couldn't even run to the transition. It was horrible. So, I, yeah, I couldn't finish the race. And, oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, and, that's nasty. That's yeah. nasty. Mm. But then we thought, oh, I'll I'll race. I've done all the training. I, I'll race an, a month later. <laughs> but by the time a month later came, um, COVID hit and everything was shut down. And, and then we had another se- uh, our second daughter. <laughs> 
Yeah, that was uh, well. So, I mean, you made the most of that that COVID time, having having yes. your second daughter, and you know, building the family. But then you've come back, and you know, the Ironmans that you've started. You know, you've had three second places. So you've been second twice at Cairns. You've been second at Ironman Australia. Yeah. And you had the fifth at Ironman Western Australia. I mean, the consistency is there. Like it's 905s, 901, you know, a 925 and then an 8.58 at Cairns for your personal best, scraping under the nine hours. Do you feel like, do you feel like the performances are, you're starting to get a better understanding of what you need to do? Yeah, definitely. I feel... Like every extra race, I feel more confident on the bike, which I think mm-hmm. is was always the most scary for me. I, f- mm-hmm. I always felt like I don't have the power as the other girls, I would always say to Brad, but now I feel confident and I, I know I can ride even on my own because there was like the first Armand Cairns. It was Sarah Crowley at, out at the front, like, I don't know, five minutes ahead of me. And then myself on my own, the whole whole race, not one single person around us. So it was really 180 kilometer time trial. So mm. I was like, this made me like believe that I can do it even on my own. I don't need to even see anyone. Or so um, my confidence is there. I still feel like I can't get the run quite yet. I mm-hmm. I feel like I should be running much faster. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. We're doing yeah, a few what, little. What do you guys think that is? Do you think it's a strength from the fatigue from the bike, or is it a calorie thing? What, what do you go, What are you putting it down to at the moment? I, I feel like I'm just pushing a bit harder on the bike. Mm. Um, I, I feel like you can lose most of the time on the bike, so I don't want to lose most of the time on the bike. Mm-hmm. And I always feel like, oh, running is easy then but it's never easy <laughs> it's still a marathon it's, it's still, still a marathon, marathon. The bike. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it is a big jump isn't it middle distance you know it's like a 90k bike yeah. to, to a 21k run i always felt you could still get after the run a little bit at least for the first 15 16k i treated it almost like a 10k and then you could kind of just hang yeah. on for dear life whereas an yeah. iron man is kind of all pacing and telling yourself to slow down <laughs> and it's so much more yeah with the nutrition and just the mm. preparation the day before the race for Ironman you're like picking oh. calories oh. in yes. all sorts of bottles and bags and you have to be really <laughs> fully focused already the day before I say Ironman takes two days basically <laughs> Oh, you're so right. You're so right. It was one of my least favorite things of having, even I even found that at the middle distance because, you know, I spent my whole career doing the really short stuff. So even the middle distance having to organize what I'm going to put in a couple of bottles of what I'm going to eat. And I was just like, oh, man. I, yeah, I feel like you can lose the race the day before the race if you make a mistake and forget to pack something. So That I, is such a good point. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember before my first Ironman in Cairns, we took the girls over and like we stayed in like a little hotel room and the, the room was crazy and the girls running everywhere. And I almost cried and I'm begging Brad, take the girls to a playground. I need to get my stuff ready. I'll oh forget something. <laughs> so, it, yeah, it's really the day before the race is already so important. Prepare everything, yeah. count everything. Yeah, it's, it's 
I love it. It's so true though. I think one of the reasons I only did a, you know, a couple of Ironmans was almost hundred percent because of that, <laughs> having to do all the logistics side of it. I just wanted to go race and smash myself. And I was like, Oh, I got to get all this stuff organized. Then even when I get on the race course, I can't go flat out. Everything's about pacing. And yeah. I just, I think you're hearing a lot about my personality right now. <laughs> <It's> basically, <laughs> I had to work a lot on patience, a lot on self-control. Um, look, I want to, I want to dive into more your training, your racing, how you manage all of that with the family. Like we said, your time management. Um, but before we do, I want to get to know you a little bit better. Um, and what I love to do on the show, you said you've listened to the, the, the show a couple of times and, but what I love to do is, is rewind the clock and, and get to know your journey and where, where you started out from um, and when you found your passion for the sport of triathlon. So take us back. Yeah, so I was born into quite sporty family. My dad was really ambitious tennis player, but he never made it up anywhere. So he, mm. he wanted his daughters to be really good in tennis. And I think I was really always really motivated and I wanted to be number one in tennis. <laughs> Love my, it. <laughs> yeah, my heroes was back then Steffi Graf and Andrew Agassi. And I think I started writing my training diary, diary when I was like nine or eight years old, like every wow. single day. And wow. I, would, I would describe everything what I did, even like, you know, for tennis, like skipping rope and all these little details. Um, but – I got heartbroken when I was around, maybe I was 12, but my dad was like, we have to tell her, you, you're not going to make it in tennis. You are really bad. Oh, and what? I, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a loving parent, but brutal. Yeah, <laughs> it, it broke my confidence. <laughs> mm, and mm. Um, so he kind of yeah, lost the focus on me and um, I just, chose my own path and I found love in cross-country skiing in Czech Republic. Mm -hmm. um, I loved it and I did it until maybe when, until 15 or 18. But around the same time, um, I, I did a little bit of swimming and um, there was a swim club where there was also triathlete swimming. Mm -hmm. And this uh, local coach approached me once and said, if I want to try it, triathlon and the group of the triathletes there I was like a 15 year old girl I was like oh yes I'm swimming in this line with those boys <laughs> the triathletes look pretty good you know the bodies <laughs> so that that is the reason why I chose triathlon <laughs> oh I love it you know what I've had other guys on guys more than more than the girls kind of go oh I started triathlon because of the girl that was me oh. I started passing because I liked one of the girls in the pool. I was like, yeah, I'm going to start swimming. This seems like so a pretty fun. good place to be. <laughs> I think yeah. you're my first to have it the other way around. Love it. Yeah, it was that. And also I prefer to chase summer than chase winter because like mm. cross-country skiing, you would always travel, you know, to like mountains and chase the snow. And the triathlon was the opposite, just like first training camp, to Mallorca and I was like oh my god this is amazing I love it and and since then I was basically fully committed I just had to work pretty hard on my swimming mm. but then yeah I love the racing I use it as a motivation um yeah yeah you've always loved to race uh, yeah you know, 
No, you're like, uh, the reason I recognize that, because Laura and I were the same. Training was just something we did because we loved to race. And, and I mentioned that because a lot of people actually don't love to race. They love the training. Um, and, and even when Laura and I retired, it was kind of, yeah, we don't love swimming, biking and running. We love to race triathlon. We love to be around the people and we love to try and be the best we can be. And ideally that might be the best in the world, even if it's just for a moment in time. You said you grew up in Czech. Mm-hmm. I just want to, I raced for a team in Czech in Liberty. Yeah. yeah I in 95, 96, 97, I think three years there with Jan Rahula and the team. Were you far away from Liberty? Oh, that's so funny. Like 15 kilometers, literally. Sometimes. Oh. Yeah, so I was in Yablonets, which is, yeah, like sometimes if the Yablonets pool would be closed, we would drive yeah. to Liberates for swimming, less, like swimming, tra- swim training, because there's oh. a 50 meter pool. So I was there all the time. Wow. We probably yeah. bumped into it. You, I remember being there when the McDonald's opened up in, in Liberic in the, in the square there. Oh, um, yeah, that's the only McDonald's in the area, it yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> the line that went all the way around the town square, or what, <laughs> what, the center of town there, yeah. lining up for McDonald's, and we were, we were like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah. man, that was incredible. I think that was 95 or maybe 96. Oh, wow. it was, you would have only been a real youngster then, but I remember going yeah, there. Yeah. I lived in Germany at that time, I think. So, okay. Yeah, so I was born in Czech Republic, but then my dad got like a job offer to be a tennis coach in Germany. So oh. we lived there maybe when I, from when I was like 10 until 12 or 13. Okay. So. Right around yeah. that time. Yeah, yeah. Right oh, we, we probably didn't bump into each other no. then. Okay. I, I, came, <laughs> I came back later. <laughs> Oh, I love it. So then you, you, you decide to go to the triathlon route and you made some really good decision there with the following the sun and camps in Mallorca and all of that. But when did you sort of realize, oh, I'm actually reasonably good at this and, and started to recognize that perhaps this could be a direction you could really make a career? Um, yeah, a good point. <laughs> but um, I was slightly improving with my swim and then I was like one of the best in Czech Republic and so then the door opens more to do some mm. world cups and stuff like that um I think I was a bit disappointed that I almost could have gone to the Beijing Olympics but mm. I wasn't chosen but then by then I I already knew that I want to go to London Olympics so mm-hmm. around that time, I was definitely like, I, I can make it. And I loved the lifestyle. I was, I basically took all the risk and um, moved out of Czech Republic and just funded my own t- training camps on the cheap though, like somewhere in Asia and, and stuff like that. Lived out of a suitcase basically until mm-hmm. I was almost 30, until I met Brad. <laughs> wow, um, yes. I yeah. think I remember that about you a lot, actually. Doing a lot of the Asian races, you were, there was always a strength about you that, you know, I, I, I've seen a lot of athletes struggle to leave the nest, you know, to leave what's comfortable around them. But you were somebody that would create your home wherever you were. Anyway, yeah, yeah. 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 I love that. Yeah. And, and so then you realized, you know, what was it like when you finally made the Olympic Games? Um, and what was that process like for you? 
it was it was interesting because with Czech Czech Federation there was not much funding like you'd get maybe one or two races like World Cups covered with like just accommodation or something like that but it, it felt like it's more like an investment to go to the Olympics because you had to travel to get mm. points at World Cups and stuff like that and I was more like well I'm doing the sport also to set myself for life and I could do so many other races and earn much better money than mm-hmm. just to like do you know World Cup in Madrid and fight for some points so mm-hmm. I kind of combined it and I did everything I did the races for good money and then some races for the points mm-hmm. um I I kind of felt like I'll do one Olympics to tick it off and have this beautiful experience um but then yeah I I was always from childhood I always felt like I should save money for something big mm-hmm. one day so mm-hmm. it, it started when I was I think five I was like cleaning um how you say it's wiping tennis courts mm-hmm. I don't know how mm-hmm. you like with the net yeah, yeah, yeah. sweeping sweeping yeah, tennis sweeping. Court. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I would yeah, get yeah, like five <laughs> five check crown for that it's like 10 cents or something and I, I already back then I was saving it all <laughs> so I was like I'm saving for one day I'll be rich <laughs> so <laughs> I think that was always in me and it, that's why yeah all the racing um it's yeah it was a great motivation I remember the great feeling when you when I won my first it was like a cross-country run uphill back actually in Liberec <laughs> Oh, um, okay. Yeah. It's called Biechna uh, Česko Chalupu. It's just two and a half kilometers uphill. And I it just won, it was like 500 Chikron, which back then was so much. It's like $20. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> I get paid to do what I love. And yeah. you, you, um, you were very, um, for me, going to 04 Olympics, to your point, it was 04, I look at it, I didn't make much money that year. It was, and when you look at it, this as a business and it's your career, you can't afford to have too many years where you, you're not making a, an income, you know, it is actually costing you to do something. So I totally understand what you mean by the Olympics to some degree was ticking the experience bucket, right? Like life is not just about money. It's also about experiences. And the Olympics was, okay, box ticked and, and London yeah. did an amazing job at that Olympics. So you would have had an awesome experience, but I also get the mindset of, look, I need to go out and start making some money and where are the big races and how can I best do that? And, but you've done that really well. You've got to be pretty proud of the way you've approached it. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy with it. I, I basically didn't rely on my parents and just decided to go my own path and, I think it it was actually good in a way because I didn't want to ask my dad to, you know, oh, give me money for training camp. I, I never asked for any I I paid my own driver's license with my first money I've earned when I was 18. I'm like, yep, I've won this race that was in Brno and I'll pay my um, fee to get a driver's license. And, yeah, I, I, I'm happy that I was not asking for anything 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've yeah. you've always taken full control of your life. You mentioned Bruno. I remember racing in Bruno yeah. with yeah, I think it was a European Team Championships we had back then, um, and I was re- representing the Czech team that I was on. Um, and it was we'd all have to race together, you know. <laughs> and it was like, and we were pushing. I think we were pushing Jan Jan Rahula at the time, and then he went on to have an amazing career in his own right. Yeah. But this is back, way back ninety seven. I think we had the European Team Champs in Bruno. Um, that's a spectacular race course. It's a beautiful yeah, part I, of the world. I love the city. I've I've studied there. I've, I studied university in Bruno, and mm. yeah, it's it's a great place. Yeah. Yeah. So you decided then, you know, you recognize that triathlon's um, going to be your career and you've decided to go all in and, and focus on how to make money. When you look back now at all those experiences, what, what stands out to you as some of the pivotal moments, the real highs that you've had? And then we'll also, you know, discuss some of the lows, but what were some of the big highs, you know, in, in your career to date, because you're still really cranking. I would say really um, that the intro, basically after I had Ruby, that, that year mm. 2018, 2019, it was, I didn't expect anything big and it was just amazing. Every race went so well. So I would say that was, that was my highs. But if you wouldn't ask for like racing wise results, I would say the highs were the whole whole life because triathlon brought me you know to so many beautiful places i met amazing people i have friendship for the whole life and mm-hmm. so without triathlon i wouldn't you know i would probably be just a girl in czech republic doing you know whatever but mm-hmm. i i got to see the whole world i met my husband that's probably the high like how mm-hmm. would i meet someone from australia and then yeah live here if if I wouldn't be doing triathlon, this is this is probably the best um, what triathlon actually could have given me the, tr- the traveling, seeing all these different countries, meeting different people. I've been on so many homestays in the US. It's it's unreal. <laughs> it's, it's it's like unreal because in in US everyone takes you for homestay. In Czech Republic, no one would ever even think that you can offer to someone stay with you it's just different mm. completely different thinking and mentality and it's so good to see see the differences everywhere it's like yeah you learn with every trip mm. i i want to say something here and you might be able to tell me if i'm right or wrong i feel like i played a pretty big hand in getting you and brad together i remember being in bustleton 70.3 in the transition area with brad and i think it must have been I don't know. I can't remember now. 10 years ago, let's just say that for vagueness. Um, and I remember saying to him, Hey, you know, I don't know how serious Radka is with her current boyfriend, if you had it at the time. And I, and I think, you know, you should definitely ask her out. So I don't know if that's been passed on to you, but I yes, feel like I had me. a hand. <laughs> I, I love you guys so much since, since Brad told me that <laughs> because I, Brad told me this story a few times and I'm like, this is awesome. I love it. I just, <laughs> so thank I mean, you. Officially, of course, thank you. <laughs> of course. I've always thought the world of both of you guys, you know, I, I, like I had Brad on the show and remember so many fond training camps and training experiences with Brad and just seeing him. I watched him 
you know, basically from a boy become a man, um, you know, as he joined Brett Sutton's squad in the mid to late nineties there. And, and then we got to know you, you know, probably 10 years after that, especially you'd come over and do some of the the racing in the, the U S and, yeah. um, was always a big fan of yours. And so it was like that, that to me was a match made in heaven. And, and now here you are living in Australia, married with two, two kids. kids. It's, yeah. uh, life happens. It's I love it. It was Mandra. <laughs> Mandra. Mandra, not Bustleton. Yeah. Mandra. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was over there somewhere. I, I, um, I don't know. I remember. Mm. I remember you were both there. I remember the race. Um, can't remember what year it was, but anyway, very cool that you guys are together. Love that we played a little bit of a part of all of that. Um, mm. But now you look back. Okay, so the positives you've you've met your husband. You've had great experiences. Traveled the world. Um, you've made a, a, a reasonable living. I'm sure you've got to know yourself pretty well. But what are some of the, you know, what have been some of the times that you've struggled and, and how have you sort of adapted and transitioned out of those moments? I think my biggest struggle was 2014 or 15. I had a really bad knee injury mm. um, and it took me for ages to figure out what's wrong. I was already back with, with Brad and we were on a lift or half training camp in in. Lennox had and mm-hmm. I had just this swollen knee and I couldn't run and I didn't know what's going on and it, I was like thinking I might never run again and um, I actually traveled back to Czech Republic um, to get a knee surgery um, it was like my cartilage in the knee was like all cracked in oh, yeah but I I think I've damaged it because I had a bit of a little bit sore knee, um, but it was just before was it Bahrain seventy point three or something. We mm-hmm. arrived there, and I'm like, it's so sore, but I want to race this amazing race. So I went to a local local hospital, and they're like, oh, we can give you some cortisone; it should be fine. But then le- later, I learned that if you have a little crack in your cartilage, cortisone will actually eat it or something. It's damaging. <laughs> Oh, so I think that was really bad. And the recovery after the surgery was quite long. I had mm. to be so patient. But I, I stick with it. I just kept swimming and riding. And then, yeah, I was back racing 2015. And, yeah, so that was the biggest, I think. How, um, how good was it to get back racing? And, amazing. you know, you were straight onto the podiums, you know, yeah. 70 points in Norway in July. That that experience is always after a long time off an injury to just get back yeah. and actually, re- oh, I can still do this. What was yes. that experience like? And you, 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 you actually, if you have a longer break, you actually realize how much you love it, how much mm-hmm. you miss the feeling of racing, training and everything. And I sometimes – if I'm really tired and feel like, oh my God, I have to do this long ride, I remind myself how, how, you know, how hard it would be if I wouldn't be able to ride or if I would be sick or something. That gets me like more motivated if I feel like, oh, I'm really tired, I can't be bothered today. Mm, <laughs> then I remember mm. like, what would you do if you would be injured or sick or you wouldn't have anyone to watch your kids now? It's like even more, like, I don't even have the feelings like I can't be bothered because every time I have the opportunity to train, I make sure I make the most of it. Um, mm. so, yeah, 
let's let's shift gear and talk about that a little bit more because I want to um like we talked about earlier in the show you, you're in intentional training I'll call it it's it's not just training for training's sake um you're not trying to just get the 30 hour 40 hour weeks that everybody likes to brag about well they they tend to in our sport it's you get your time when you get your time it's like okay I'm on and I need to do a good job Tell me about the kind of training that you're doing. What's a typical kind of training week, especially now where we're recording this, um, you know, the end of August, um, you've got, you know, big events coming up. What, what's your sort of training week like at the moment? Yeah, yeah, like you said, I can't afford to go for like an easy spin, free ride, easy jog. That's all out of the window. That's definitely not. If, if I do a training... It's all. It always has a purpose, and there's no junk miles, no time for that. Um, mm. So I'm actually not. I, I probably train twenty five max hours a week. Mm-hmm. Um, I I fit in five swims, two gyms, three runs, um, and four bike rides. And um, yeah, everything everything has its purpose. Two of the rides are quite long now. Um, mm. And then other two are like on the wind trainer. I, I started using wind trainer a lot when Ruby was born. Mm. Um, and I felt like that helped me so much in yeah, all the results I had in 2018, 2019, because wind trainer is really boring if you just pedal, isn't it? So mm. if I would do wind trainer, I would have exactly the set written out. Um, and if you divide it into those efforts, it goes so much quicker. So I think, 100%. yeah, and and like in two hour wind trainer session, you can you can destroy yourself pretty well. So you oh, can yeah. do a really good quality training. Something like if you would do three hours, three and a half outside. So. That's why I, oh, do I think it's even better than that. I yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. It, it, it was one of the staple workouts for me. My entire career it was once a week. I would do twelve by five minutes big gear on the wind trainer with one minute recovery in between each, and, and a quick warm up and a quick cool down. And I'm done in an hour and a half. And yeah. it was, but I would do it really well, you know. And it's like I, I would, that always just I thought that workout because I just kept it going forever. And this is before Zwift and everything else. This is on the old mm-hmm. school type trainers. But it was just the amount of strength and specific work you get with no wasted time, no rolling hill. You get very specific. Yeah. I couldn't you, agree with you more. Yeah, you yeah. don't stop pedaling. You don't unclick for traffic lights. Yeah, it's yeah. it's really good. And I also love one of the runs is on a treadmill. I also really love it since again since i had ruby treadmill was my to-go tool because with ruby i didn't have that much like help with someone watching her so i usually smashed it when she was sleeping which was like i really had to make the most of it so once she would fall asleep i would throw everything aside and go straight to treadmill or wind trainer just because you know, I, I didn't know if the training will be one hour or one and a half or two. I just had to 
<laughs> go go yeah. sprint, sprint as go. long as you can until yeah. the baby wakes up. And the, yeah, the effort finishes once she starts crying. <laughs> I think you're probably the only mum in the world that's wishing for your baby to wake up and start crying just so you can, just so you can have a rest. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and I love, I love um, we skipped right over this, but the fact that, you know, you gave birth to Ruby 11 weeks later, 11 weeks later, you're not just doing an Ironman 70.3, you're winning it. Um, <laughs> Ironman 70.3, Deval, what, is that yeah. how I say it? Yeah, Deval, yeah, in Philippines. Yeah. In the Philippines. I, Sorry, I, we're going to have to spend one minute on this because that in itself is, 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 is just extraordinary, you know? Yeah, I still don't know how I did that because when I think back, I'm thinking it's crazy because <laughs> I, I love racing in Philippines and I just, I was pregnant and I'm like already planning the next season as if mm. nothing, I just, just have the baby in January, that's fine. And so I, I emailed the race organizer, that was back then, um, Fred and his um, Sunrise Events team. And I'm like, yeah. guys, I'm coming in March. Is that all right? <laughs> March 25th was the race, by the way. You go both <laughs> January 5th. This race is March 25th. Okay. And they're like, well, you, you're having a baby. I'm like, I'll be fine. It's like a couple of months later. And this can only say someone who never had a baby and doesn't know yes, how much it yes. takes out of you, the delivery. And like I was probably thinking you just deliver a baby and go like as <laughs> their normal life. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, um, I, I, I still don't know how I did it, but I was so motivated and I was so keen to go back to racing. Um, mm. Just the, the, it's not just the, I mean, there's the physical, there's it, it, like definitely you've got the mental energy to want to go back racing. But, you know, when you have a baby, obviously there's a physical component to getting back to yeah, somewhat think- normal, but your hormones have changed and you yeah. And then you've got all the oxytocin and those hormones to just be with the baby all the time. So then you start, oh, you know, I, I just think it must have been, was, was there a little bit of like pull towards the baby, but then the motivation still to race and this kind of constant battle or was it kind of like, no, it's under control? You know, I how was that? I felt like I was always with the baby. I don't know. It, the training was not crazy. I didn't start running until few weeks before the race yeah i was like yeah. well it's a it's a really hot race no one will run fast anyway it's just a joke <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but um i was able to start swimming and riding like within a week and and wow. i i had still fitness from when i was pregnant because i could do all the training until basically due date wow so okay that was cool. yeah yeah um, yeah but what I'm most proud of, or I don't know, but I basically had to, when Ruby was born, I had to go straight to the post office to make a take a photo of her and make a passport for her and hope <laughs> that the passport will be ready before I travel to Philippines. Because you took Ruby with you? Yeah, I took her with me and I traveled on my own without bread. <laughs> and were you breastfeeding as well? Yes. Yeah. So... The password. Hang on, I don't even understand. Yeah, the math know. doesn't add up. This is insane. This is unbelievable. There's a story just in this. <laughs> we can spend the whole show just talking uh, about this. 
So you traveled with Ruby. She was good. She slept a lot, but I, I organized, yeah, yeah, I organized through a friend, um, Filipino nanny. Uh, and I just expressed some milk, explained her when to give her the bottles. And I raced, finished, picked her up and the race was done. <laughs> wow. You are, you are one of the most resilient, strongest, <laughs> unbelievable people I think I've ever had on the show because that story in itself is just incredible. You've always been somebody, like you said earlier in the show, that, you know, pack up, look after what I need to get done, taking responsibility for myself and away I go. And uh, that that to me is is truly inspiring or it could actually make some mums out there feel like, huh. Yeah, I was going to say. Like, yeah, I, I was going to say. I don't want anyone to compare because every child, no, no. every every mom is different, and like like you said, the hormones they can they can make a mess out of out of oh, any lady. Sure. And yes, no I, comparing, yeah, no comparing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even even if I would compare my two pregnancies, I was gonna I was thinking I'm gonna cruise through the second one with Indy. It'll be mm. all the same, and it went everything opposite. I had really bad morning sickness. I had um, gestational diabetes with Indy. Oh, okay. <laughs> Crazy. And I um, came back too quickly after Indy because I thought I have everything under control and then had a femur stress fracture. So everything different, definitely different. So, oh, that, that's, a, that's a great contrast. Um, yeah. You know, when, when I had Chelsea Sodaro on the show and, and she was talking, you know, Obviously, she came and, and, and won Iron Man Kona about 18 months after having, well, I can't remember the exact date actually, but she came back. She had a little bit of regrets. Um, even though she was the Kona Iron Man world champion, she had moments where she kind of said, uh, there were times I wish I could have just been with the baby and I sacrificed some of that time to do Iron Man Kona, which I thought for her showed a little bit of vulnerability um, in the sense that there was a little bit of regret, even though she was sitting there. This is a few weeks I talked to her after she'd just won Ironman Kona last year. She was like, you know, it, yes, it's great to have won Ironman Kona, but I'll never get that time back with with my child again. Did did you have yeah. any moments like that? Or it sounds to me like your oh training was just when your baby was sleeping or what was that moment yeah. for you like? Yeah, well, I, I would say the first one and a half years of when I say only with, with Ruby, it was mm. easy like you said, the baby, I trained only when she was sleeping. She, yeah. she didn't miss out on me at all. And she yeah. had a happy mom. I would say yeah. this is like really important. Yeah. Um, but then exactly like you say about Chelsea, when the child starts to think, talk and express themselves, it's mm. so much harder. I had mm. so many times this mum guilt feeling, and I talk about it with Brad all the time. I mm. sometimes want to cry. I don't want to go. I just – and then Brad has to explain me that, hang on, there's so many mums who work nine to five, and they don't see the kid. So he always, like, you know, gets me to look at it in a different perspective. Mm, change the perspective. Yes, and yes. Um, but there is definitely a thing about mum's guilt, and I actually want to write an article about it for my um, for my sponsor because it's mm -hmm. it's it's huge. And I, um, as 
now at the PTO in Singapore, there was five athletes from, there was 20 athletes racing, but five of us were mums. And I was like, wow. I want to just go and have a dinner with all those girls, the mums, yeah. and just talk yeah. about it because everyone has the same feelings. We all mm-hmm. were like, oh, we have to buy a present now for the girls or for the kids. And it's, it's, it's harder the older they are now when I have Ruby, she's five and a half. And she's actually getting better. But like half a year ago, she would be like, oh, mom, you're riding in the morning. And she would always yeah. like plan. And so if I say, no, tomorrow morning I have brekkie with you and then I ride. And she would be like, yay. Or sometimes I'll be like, yeah, when you wake up, I won't be there, but I'll come back very soon. And she always asks, what's what's the next day? And that makes mm. me really like, I'm guilt. But then, yeah, then I look at it. I'm at home with you when the other moms are at work. So Exactly. No, and the, the other way to look at it as well, I'll add my two cents here because you're going to write an article on it. The other, the other, the other <laughs> thing is you're also showing, you're not just talking about, you're showing how to squeeze the most out of life and you're showing discipline and determination. And, you, and, and there's a lot that you're showing. You know, these, these young kids pick up on everything. and you're showing that, yeah, to be successful at something and to get the most out of yourself, sometimes you've got to sacrifice a little bit of the things that you obviously would prefer to be doing. And I think that in itself is a gift you're giving, you know, with that, because it's not just about you and being totally selfish and this is what I want to do in my life and screw you kids. It's like, no, this is for the family too. This is a business. This is, you know, I need to go out there and support the family as well. Um, so I think there's more to it than just, um, yeah. feeling guilty. You know uh, what I mean? hundred yeah. percent. Like you giving your children something like they, they will see that how sport can make you happy. Um, mm-hmm. show them hard work, dedication and all of it. So I think, and, and Ruby's already motivated and wants to do some running and, and stuff like that. I think it's, it's really good. but. I want to see. I want to show the girls that I do it because I love it. So if mm-hmm. if they ask me, I don't say I have to do the right. I say, "Mummy wants to do the right," mm-hmm. and Ruby would be like, "But but why?" I said, "You know how you love jumping on a trampoline? Yeah. <laughs> well, Mummy loves to ride her bike. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's so uh, great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think. Yeah. I think you um I think your approach to all of it has been tremendous. I'm I'm totally admiring your discipline to the process. Um Brad has been you know you guys are a great team, a great unit. When I think of amazing couples, you know you two are working together, you you you're building, you know, the Wagga Swim Hub, you he's coaching you in your triathlon career, you're raising two kids. You're living in Wagga Wagga, mm. Australia, for people in the US and, and in Europe. It's a, it's, it's a thriving country town, but it's a country town. Um, you know, you're doing amazing together. I'm not saying that at times you don't probably feel like ripping each other's heads off as well. I mean, that's a, that's a couple. But from what I can tell, you know, you two are quite a unit and you're really operating at a high level in terms of time management like we talked about earlier. How, how are you finding the living in... Wagga Wagga and the cultural differences between that and Europe and Czech Republic. 
I just have to go back to what, what you said first. I'm really happy you mentioned Brad because I would say without a supportive husband or partner, it's not mm. possible to do it all like that because I, I feel like Brad was from beginning a perfect dad. Like I know mm. there's some guys who never changed nappy or at least my dad never did. Mm. But Brad was from beginning, he was fine with changing nappies, giving the girls a bath. Uh, and he doesn't really cook, but that's that's okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, but he was just—he's perfect, and I don't—I don't need to be worried if I go for a, a five-hour ride. I know that the girls will be fine, and um, they're they're happy with him. So this helps a lot. Um, yeah. So yeah, without a supportive partner, it would be difficult. So. Huge credit yeah, you, to, to him. You, you guys have been amazing like that. And he's been doing his own marathons and, you know, I yeah. had him on the show and he just got back from him and Tyler Butterfield, I think, pick, an, a, pick a marathon each year that they go hang out together and yeah, go do. They and, have they, and they do incredibly well. I mean, they're running 220 or so or sub 220. Anyway. They're, 219, yeah. Brad wants to, yeah. I think he wants to go to 18. Now he booked with Tyler again. They're going in December to... Oh my god! I'll say it wrong. Fukuoka in Japan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's Fukuoka. That's, yeah, yeah, that's the next goal. But yeah, he he is still. I think when I retire, I also want to just keep doing one some sport because it just keeps yeah. you, you know, yeah. You still got to do, keep doing something. I think I've I've said on the show it's like uh, I actually find training for health much harder than training. And having at least somewhat of a goal, but yeah. it's um, you know, it's, my mind changed in the sense that I just wanted to get big and strong. So I, mm-hmm. I'd like to say, I think I've put on twelve and a half kilos or thirteen kilos since racing. But at the same time, I think some of it's muscle. I'm hoping some sure. of it's muscle is not <laughs> not all fat. But how, how have you found living in Wagga, and have your family been able to travel out to see you? Yeah, so. I love Wagga, but it's 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 perfect size. It's like sixty thousand people, and it's super friendly for you know super great for raising little kids. Um, mm. I would say if you drive somewhere, it's maximum ten minutes. <laughs> Maybe like this, like school traffic, it's fifteen minutes, and everyone complains. <laughs> you get the one set of traffic lights. Ah. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, it's this is what I love because you can, can do all your jobs for the day and and you know, do it in one spot here around Wagga. Like if I would live in a big city, you would be still on like you know, traffic mm. jams and stuff. So that's what I love about Wagga. Everyone knows everyone. And now with us um having the business Wagga Swim Hub, I feel like I know everyone, especially everyone with kids. Yeah. And it's just such a friendly a little um, city or town, and it's really yeah. good for training. The running trails we have here, it's amazing. The bike riding, I can go out, you know, through middle of nowhere, through some paddocks and never stop, like no traffic lights or anything. Mm. Um, the only thing I'm not a big fan of is the Wagga Winter, which is finally yeah. finishing. Um, that's it's, it gets cold. It is really cold. And um, then when finally winter finishes, the spring starts. And what I don't like, being from Europe, there is magpies attacking you. 
<laughs> That's so true. Oh, the Maggies. Yeah. Oh, the Magpies are a bird, everyone, a black and white bird that are beautiful, but <laughs> they swoop and- Yeah, comes from up from the tree and hits your helmet or- Yes. Yeah. So I hate them. doesn't it? So Brett is joking, but uh, like laughing, but I am, I'm keen to just stay in my shit on a trainer or <laughs> yeah, uh, treadmill yeah. just to avoid them. And then well, they're protecting their young. They think you're going to go grab their nest, and so they're swooping yeah. and keeping everybody away. Yeah. Once you know where they are, their particular nest, you just got to avoid those roads. Yeah. So I'm like, my long rides are now shorter and shorter because I know where they are, and so I'm cutting it <laughs> short. <laughs> oh, I love that. that. That is so true. Would you have any? Um, would you ever want to go back to check for a stint, or you know, is it? Have you guys talked about that? Yeah, so basically the COVID disturbed our plans. We we always had like, we would go for the European summer. We would travel to Europe. Mm. And we actually had for the 2020 planned and we already booked in um, Czech Republic like an apartment where we were going to stay for, I think, three months. That's the longest Brett can stay in Europe. But mm. that since then basically covid hit and we haven't been there and it's 5 years almost now yeah and yeah. so my next next year i'll be 40 and my wish is to go back to check uh for christmas so that's we're locking that in because my grandma actually never met indy which mm. is horrible yeah but my mom um she comes every year to see us here in woga woga um She's so good. She she loves summer, but every year when the summer arrives to Europe, she packs her bags and flies to Woga winter to see my my little girls. Oh, that that's awesome. Yeah. We, we um it just took us five years to get back to Australia actually, because again, like you, we we'd planned twenty twenty, you know, going down to Australia, everything was booked and boom, it stopped. And then it's just taken so many years. And we finally just went home and had six weeks back down or five and a half weeks back in, in Australia, which was unbelievable. Um, we were so spoiled with the weather and catching up with everyone. But it, it's um, are you, you're a dual citizen right now, aren't yes, you? Yes, I am, Australia? yes. Yes, congratulations. And is Brad dual with Czech? No, so the Czech people make it so hard. I think he would oh, really? have... I think he would have to pass like a Czech language test, which is crazy. Um, oh, can he not speak Czech? No. <laughs> not, he, none? Uh, he could understand like Dobronos, which means good oh, night. Dobry, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, you speak more than Brad. <laughs> <laughs> I know enough just to, I remember there were so many pretty girls in Czech, Radka, when I was there in the <laughs> mid-90s. It was like I tried. You try and you just need the right motivation, oh. and the fact that you're speaking English to him, I'm, I guarantee he'll speak Czech if you only start speaking Czech to him. Be like, ha! I really like Maybe. this girl. I wanted to talk to me. Yeah, I, I still speak Czech to the girls. It's, oh, it's cool. It's hard because they answer back in English, and then I forget that I wanted to speak Czech. So it's like really hard. But uh, yeah, my mom is like pushing me, like please speak Czech to them. So when she was no, it's here a gift. now, it's a gift. yeah. yeah. She was yeah. she was happy because they understood her and I was impressed. So I have oh, to just good. keep it going. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, Rads, this has been awesome. I truly am inspired by you. Um, 
and, and everything that you've accomplished and you continue to accomplish. Um, like you said earlier, the, the mums of the world of triathlon, when I think of yourself and Sarah True and Chelsea Sedaro and Rini, who's just retired, but, and I know I'm missing a whole bunch, but it really has been inspiring to see this generation of women come through, have babies, still love the sport, still do wonderful things in the sport. It's been absolutely fantastic. But before we finish, I do have some final questions. Um, and I know I'm keeping you up, so let, let's, let's run through them. Um, first one, what would you go back and tell your 18 year old self? Uh, I would say to be more confident. Um, mm-hmm. when I was young, I was quite mm-hmm. often sick. So, but yeah, I, be confident, trust my decision, just mm-hmm. chase the dreams because like I had the dream, I I mean, I'm not the world number one in tennis, but I still got somewhere <laughs> in a different sport. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, but just, just to that. be patient and yeah. I think that, that confidence one, I often, I go through my C's, you know, be confident, be courageous, be curious. Mm-hmm. Like it's all of those things I repeat to myself quite often because I don't think naturally I'm a confident person. Like I'm, I'm quite, I have to build myself up, you know? And, and if I could go back and tell my 18 year old self, I'd almost say the same thing as that. It's like, you know, everyone's BSing here. Just be more confident. Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. All right. Three people you would want to have dinner with non-family living or dead. Well, because I'm so into all those amazing moms, I would love to have dinner with Alison Felix, mm. Serena Williams. Wow. And then not to make it too boring with the mums just talking about nappies and stuff, then I would invite Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's an awesome three. Well done. Oh my gosh. I think that is uh that is fantastic. <laughs> yes, that's one of my favorites I think I've had on the show. I'm a huge fan of Arnie. Obviously not everything he did for everybody screaming at me, but I, I, the way he reinvented himself multiple times. Um, did you watch that Netflix with him, Arnold? Um, we, I started it with Brad. He finished it. I didn't watch. I didn't finish watching it. I, I definitely have to watch the whole thing. Because <laughs> when you've got time. Yes, I know. I can't. <laughs> when I'm folding some laundry or stuff, so I yes, can do it. <laughs> that's what Laura does. She brings the laundry basket over, and if we watch sport or tennis yeah, or whatever we're watching, that's our normal thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's exactly the same thing. How do you plan out your days? Do you do you sort of plan the week out on a Sunday or are you planning it out the night before? And, and you've got to be somewhat flexible too, right? Yes, exactly. So we always plan it the night before. Um, okay. Because, yeah, you have to be flexible. If I would plan on Monday what I'm doing on Friday, it would probably not happen. I mean, yeah. the rough plan is there, but always on like the evening, we just plan what time you do this, what time does Brad do this, and plan it almost to a minute. Yeah. You're, you're, you're amazing. You'd have to do that, and you've got to be somewhat flexible. All right, next one. Where do you see yourself in five years' time? Oof. So I think in five years' time, both girls will be at school and hopefully independent. Mm-hmm. So we would love to start traveling again a bit more as a family. Mm-hmm. So traveling, you kind of... You learn so much just from traveling. I couldn't agree. So yeah. more traveling. I'll be probably retiring, retired by then. 
Well, but, we'll have to connect our families because yeah. that's exactly what we have. We've got this five-year push while they're really young here. You know, we'll we'll be in Florida, get into school, blah, blah, but then it's all about worldly experiences and we want to connect with families around the world and do the same kind of thing. So yeah, we'll have to stay in touch. Deal. I love that. <laughs> perfect. Deal. deal. All right, let's finish with some rapid-fire questions. You up for it? Yeah. All right. One book you'd recommend? Uh, recently, I would, I, and I recommended it to others, is um, Good for a Girl. What is it called? Is it Good for a Girl? Good for a Girl. Okay, perfect. And what's that about? So it's, um, it's Lauren Fleischman. Oh, yes, yes. Is it called Good for a Girl? Let me check <laughs> because I'm getting tired. Um, yeah, good for a girl. Yeah, so it's it's a it's a runner, accomplished runner, obviously. But she's talking about her experience growing up in in the environment of female athletes, mm-hmm. runners, and how the environment and the pressure on them is almost destroying them in the way how they feel like they need to all be skinny to perform. Mm. Um, it's it's really like an eye opener. I think all the coaches should um, read it if if they're coaching female athletes. And uh, mm-hmm. I have a few close um, friends who are like kind of more in the like teenage age, like they're much younger than I. And sometimes if they struggle with like nutrition or mentally, mm-hmm. I feel I was I just told my two friends they should read it because I think that that's a really um, helpful book. Perfect. Good. All right. Good for a girl by Lauren Fleischman. Perfect. All right. Two most used apps on your phone. Um, hmm. I would say Simply Swim, which is a, <laughs> it's a, um, it's an online, like it's a software for swim schools where we book mm. families in. Um, and then just messages, but like just, this is how I'm in touch with my family. So, uh, is it what WhatsApp and stuff like yeah. that? I'll definitely yeah, yeah. through that. It's my only yeah. contact. You, you you have no time for social media and just browsing. I love that. So, boom! It's either business or fa- what are we doing? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> if, if I'm on a wind trainer and can't find anything to listen to, if you don't put any new podcast on. Then I go to uh, <laughs> social media and see what's happening around the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just to browse. Yeah. Okay. Um, favorite race? Ooh. I, I've done so many amazing races, but I, I would still say it's Laguna Phuket Triathlon. Mm. I haven't raced there for ages now. It's it's really hard logistically nice, as well. Beautiful race. But it's a, such a beautiful la- race, location. Love Thailand, mm-hmm. love the people. And it's like always at the end of the year. So it's kind of like already yes. you start celebrating the off season and Christmas yes. and stuff like that. Love it. <laughs> no, I agree. I, I think that would be my top three for sure. Uh, good one. Out, okay, next one. Out of 10, how cool are you? Oh, so I would say for my girls, I'm 10 because yes. I do all the crazy stuff with them. I dance. Uh, with them I dress up in different costumes when they want whatever they want but for like an adult person 
I'm like a one. <laughs> oh, please. Please, Rads. There's I, no way. You're I, across the board. I don't My go out. I go to sleep at 10. I'm tired. I don't, I don't drink. I don't smoke. I'm not like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but don't you realize that that's now the, the that's now cool. People the whole drinking, smoking and all the partying, that's now that's not cool anymore. So you didn't realize. It, not right. not for our age group, isn't it? Yeah. No, not for our. <laughs> all right. Couple more. What what decade of music is best? Uh 80s. Oh gosh. You really are awesome. All right. <laughs> Greatest movie of all time. Oh. Oh my god! Um, can you pause it? <laughs> <laughs> you want me to throw some at you and, and uh, see? Uh, yeah, I, I. Oh my god! I have a. I have a. It's been a long time since you watched movies, huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, you know what we, we've gotten into recently with the kids is the Greatest Showman. I love that one. Oh. Have you seen? Have you watched that? No, I'm watching Baby John Cockermelon. <laughs> <laughs> The ba- the greatest showman is a is a musical one with uh, Hugh Jackman and it's quite, it's just a it's basically about how the circus was started. Anyway, that's a good one. Um, but look, if you don't have one, you can just say I don't have one for the moment. Uh, not um, for the moment. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> All right, final one. Where's somewhere in the world you haven't been that you'd like to go? I think uh, I haven't been to India, and. Mm. We wanted to go with Brad before we have kids, but we didn't manage to. <laughs> and no, then I yeah. was like, I'm not going when the girls are little. I, it's too too crazy. Yeah. But one yeah. day we want to go to India. All right. Perfect. Well, Radka, this has been absolutely amazing. I, from 9 o'clock at night, 10, you started at 6 a.m. with your run group this morning, and I know you're up before that getting ready. It's been a long day. Um, I truly appreciate you. And, and just this chance to catch up, it's been too long. What, what do you got coming up next then? You know, like I said, you've got four or five weeks to Ironman Kona. What's yes, on, what's before on the that, I'll still manage to go to Sanchanko 70.3, which is next mm-hmm. weekend. Okay. Um, yeah, and then basically Kona. And then I didn't plan much after that. I'll do Challenge Canberra, which is in the race like mm-hmm. in, in the November, but I, I didn't plan much after Kona. I think Belinda no. Granger told me, don't plan anything after Kona. You have to go all in. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that's a great idea. What, what's that um, saying, you know, burn the boats? You know, it's like don't have a yeah. – don't make backup plans. It's like uh, go all in, see what you get. Yeah, because otherwise mentally if, if the race starts to be painful – You'd be like, oh, maybe I should just save myself for the next one. Nah, I don't want to mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. Well, all the very best for Kona. Um, I'm a huge fan. You know that. We've been friends for a long time. Um, and, and enjoy the whole experience too. Yeah. You know, um, just being out there on the Queen K and the Leahy Drive and all of those famous places. Um, are the whole family going? Nope. So this is like another topic for like mother's guilt feeling and stuff like that i was if if it would be me i'm going like two days out race and come back but brad is like now if you want to race you have to go earlier to acclimatize so i'm going then brad comes and leaves the girls with uh his mom and dad so okay it's gonna be like a little honeymoon with the iron man in 
<laughs> oh, I love it. That's brilliant. Well, Radka, thank you again. Staying up late, sharing your story with me. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it. I really did. I really appreciate just sharing all your knowledge and wisdom as well about motherhood and time management and everything else. So thanks for coming on. Thanks, Greg. It was great to, to chat to you. Yeah. All right. And everybody else, you can find all the show notes and timestamps and everything else at bennettendurance.com forward slash media. All right. Stay on the line, Radka. Appreciate you.